0: Come on, praise
1: the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord this morning. I already feel the presence of the Lord in this place. He is already here. He is already here. How many is grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Wonderful Sunday morning. Church-filled weekend, but we're here nonetheless because God deserves it seven days of the week. Amen. We're here to praise and glorify the name of Jesus. How about we bless them this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Can we clap our hands in this place? There's no God like Jehovah There's no God like Jehovah Sing There's no God like Jehovah There's no God like Jehovah There's no God like Jehovah There's no God like
0: his name everybody come on jesus let's call him by his name everybody hallelujah come on i can't hear you let's call him by his name jesus come on one more time hallelujah 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 we love you jesus we love you lord hallelujah come on let's give the lord a round of applause this morning let's thank him for being so good to us hallelujah hallelujah we thank you Jesus. We thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. Amen. To praise God this morning where Christ is our central Amen. Focus. And we're so glad that you're here this morning. We welcome you. We thank you for being here in the house of God this morning. Amen. Whatever we can do to help you with your walk with the Lord, don't hesitate to let us know we're here for you. Amen. I want you to feel at liberty where you feel at home. Amen. I want you to feel that you have a place where you can worship. Amen. Amen. God has been so good to us. We just came out of our, our dedication and, uh, you know, as uh, I think it was Brother Bernard was saying, we're not here only here to dedicate the building, but we're here, or was it was Brother Tom, one, one of them. Bernard. Uh, Brother Bernard um we're here to dedicate ourselves, and it's so fitting that, you know, when we when we gather together, sometimes we don't know why we're here we are, but we're so glad that we're here because we know the reason why we're here. So we welcome you this morning, and we're so glad that we went through this first idol. There work for us. There's much more for us. Amen. And I'm so glad that we're part of what God is doing in this hour. Amen. So we're going to go to the Lord and pray and ask Him to continue to bless us. Amen. The presence of the Lord is already in this place amen, so I want you to feel at liberty if there's anyone with any special request, we're going to ask you to raise your hands as we pray and touch, you can look around, see all the hands that raised this morning, amen, we're going to touch and believe that whatever the needs are the Lord will fulfill your needs because we are serving a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we ask or think and we're here this morning, don't forget to pray for Sister Alan this morning amen, keep her in your prayer that the Lord will continue to touch her body, continue the straightener and as we pray this morning we're going to ask the lord to have his way in our service this morning so let's just go to the lord in prayer as we pray this morning father god we love you you are great and you're greatly to be praised we honor you in this place this morning oh god we thank you lord god for your many blessings we thank you for all the things that you have done for us oh god Surely, Lord God, you woke us up this morning and placed us in our right mind. You are our provider. You are the one that sustained us. You are the one that gave us life and life more abundantly. You are the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the immutable God. You are the only wise God. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we adore. The one that we worship worship, the one that we acknowledge, the one that we pray to, the one that we praise. Oh God, our glory and all honor belongeth unto you, Lord God. And we thank you for bringing us here in this place this morning, one more time, to worship you, oh God, because you are great and greatly to be praised. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we ask you, oh God, to bless the remaining portion of the service, oh God, the man of God, as they come, that your anointing will be upon him. Lord God, like he will preach, like never before for, oh God. I pray, Lord God, for every person that raised their hands this morning, whatever their needs are, Lord God, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, or financially. We ask, you, Lord God, to meet them, oh God, this morning, because we're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Lord God, we love you because we know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, oh God. And Father God, you brought us into this place for such a time as this. Lord God, touch every person this morning. Touch Mama Allen this morning. Touch her body from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. Let your healing virtue move to her like never before. And for those among us this morning that is sick in their body, touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Oh God, move mightily among us. Move like never before. Oh God, help us to be what you call us to be in the time and the hour that we live in. In Oh God, but we know this world is not our home, and as you said in the your word, you're going to prepare a place for us. That where you are, we may be also. Lord God, have your way among us. Lord God, but we know it's not by might. Oh God, we know it's not by power. Oh God, but we know it's by your spirit, and we ask you to have your way. Oh God, let your will be done. Oh God, let your kingdom come. Oh God, move like never before. Lord God, we give you all the glory. Lord God, we. Give you all the honor, Lord God, as we worship you, Lord God, let your will, oh God, be done. I pray, Lord God, that this morning someone will make up in their mind to be baptized in the name of Jesus, someone will be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, we commit ourselves to you, Lord God, this morning. Oh God, we ask you to have your way, Lord God. Give us the victory, Lord God. We know it's already done, and Father God, we thank you in advance for what you do. And what you're about to do, we're coming ourselves to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We're praying, hallelujah! And everybody said, Amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning, hallelujah! It's ready to be praised. Come to the rush of the Lord with us in Jesus' name, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, bless you.
1: Continue to clap our hands in this place.
2: whose hands are holding
3: Come on, lift your holy hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. We're here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is and which was and is to come. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Can I get somebody to shout Hallelujah in the house of Almighty King? He is the mighty God in Christ. He's not three persons in one. He is one in all. He is God. And beside him, there is no other. His name is Jesus. He is the Father in creation. He is the Son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in the church. His name is Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah in the house. Hallelujah. It's so interesting. I was thinking as they were ministering, when the, when, the, when the scripture talked about in the book of Mark chapter 9, Jesus was in a situation that had to rush to a dead daughter. And while he was getting to the situation for Jairus' daughter, there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. I don't know if anyone came here with an issue today, but I come to declare to you that your issue can be resolved in one moment. By if you just put yourself in a position to press and push past your issues for 12 years and just touch the master, because he's right there to heal and to deliver and ask the question, who touched me? He touched the virtue of God, and her faith made her whole. Can somebody shout hallelujah in the house? This church is moving by faith because we're touched Jesus. And where God is taking us, there are things in the spirit God is causing us to possess in the supernatural, in the natural. And I believe it, saints of God. From yesterday, I feel a thrust of a momentum in this house that God is calling people from the west and from the south and from the east and from the north from one generation after to another generation after another generation god is calling us for such a time as this is. let's put our hands together in god's house today hallelujah hallelujah well this is an opportunity saints of god to worship god in this part of our fellowship we will take some time we can stand to our feet we can crawl across the aisles and greet our brothers and sisters this morning Say how you doing? Good to see you. It's been a while, but we thank God that you've come. Come on, let's greet our saints and greet our first time guests. Come on, take the opportunity as you can to worship the Lord with us in this part of our giving and our, and our time of fellowship. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited LeBron. we're on driving. We're not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
3: hallelujah it's wonderful it's wonderful to see everybody as you return to your seats come on put your hands together as you return to your seat put your hands together and give God thanks for being a part of this great moment Hallelujah. We welcome you all to Christ Center Church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing it is this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, as you return to your seats, put your hands together in God's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will and shall rejoice and be glad. Let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land, we're going to serve the Lord with gladness. We're going to come before his presence with thanksgiving. We're going to enter into his courts with praise. We're going to be thankful unto him. We're going to bless his name. And for the Lord is good. His mercies are everlasting and his truth Endure to all generations. I giving God praise. I come to welcome everyone, those who are watching us and those who are present in the house, that we welcome you to christ Center church, of course, where Christ is our central focus. And we give God thanks for each and every one who are here and those who are on their way. Nothing could have stopped us. Even the rain yesterday could not have stopped what God was going to do for us in this hour and time. I'm so excited. I'm just excited, saints of God. I'm really excited. I'm telling you, I've seen a miracle happen in this house since we transitioned in this house into this place, location with Tony, even personally in my life. I've seen God move on behalf of my family while living, while being in this particular ground. And this ground has been dedicated for the glory of God and for our eyes to see that our ears have not heard the things that God is about to do for us in the midst of our time in this day. We are giving God thanks for what God has done. We have seen baptisms doubled. We've seen everything have just manifested itself. And we give God thanks for each and every one of you. We honor our pastor who is standing and, and, and in the gap, believing God and his wife and his family. Let's put our hands together for our pastor and his family. We give God thanks for those who serve alongside our ministers, those who worked so, just, just tirelessly through this, this process. We give God thanks for them. We give God thanks for what He's doing. And I believe we're not, we're not actually driving looking at the rearview mirror. We're looking at the window shield. We're seeing the future and the future is us to possess it. Can I have somebody believe in God? We're going to possess the future in Christ and the church and in this area. It is a wonderful time. It is our offering time. But before we get our offering time, we do this customary. If it's your first, second, or third time visiting this church, you are our family now. We just take you. We just claim you. Can you please stand and we just give you a round of applause for coming? If it's your first, second, or third time, don't be don't be afraid. You will stand. We let's put our hands together for those persons, saints of God. Hallelujah. Keep standing, keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Somebody will shake your hand. Somebody will give you a thank you for coming to our church. God bless you, a hug, something. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our church. You could be anywhere else, but you're at the place where God has called you to be for today. He knew that you were going to be here. You could be nowhere else but this place. And we give God thanks. I'm telling you, saints of God, I'm overwhelmed with joy. I'm telling you, I, whatever my hands is called to do here, I'm just going to do it. Because you've got to do it with gladness. You got to serve the Lord with a willing heart, and we just got to be willing saints of God. And I'm transitioning to what is more important to us as a as a church. We have to give, saints of God. We have to give, not just our time, not just our resor- not just only our resources. But we have to give ourselves to the kingdom of God. We've heard the word mur- of God spoken uh, to us, and it was spoken earlier part of this month that the word of God will be so clear. There will be such clear, specific instructions for our church moving forward when we transition going forward. Because, saints of God, we're here. And we're here to stay. And there are things that we have to accomplish for the God to be glorified and use us. And so, saints of God, we are a multi-generational church. That's one thing I want to emphasize. We are a multi-generational church. And if we should see some people that have come from backgrounds... That have not been of experience of Pentecost and what this one gospel and one way, uh, one way to God message. You, 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 saints of God, it's a miracle what God is doing in this place. And they are part of a revival that cannot be quenched. I believe it, saints of God, we are part of the catalyst of what God is doing for us and for this region of the United States. We believe that God is doing some great things. And we're in the position of giving, not just giving for our church, but giving to other areas and needs. Of course, we are a church plant, born and raised out of the missions, North American missions. And and God has positioned us to be a blessing. And we want to be a blessing, saints of God. And we are encouraging you, saints of God. As we stand, there are ways to give. Of course, there are ways to get it that will show up on our board. We are giving to the kingdom of God. There are four ways of our giving electronically. And those who are yet wanting to give by mail, our address is there. And we will continue to give that. Before we do that, we have just a few brief announcements. We have our church picnic. Our church picnic will be on July the 8th. July the 8th. Please mark your calendar down for our church picnic that will be on July the 8th. I have right here before me are the sign-up sheets for those who will be giving contributions for that event. Please see our First Lady, Sister Wyatt. She will also coordinate that situation. Please, we are all without excuse. We want everybody to come. It's an outreach event, Saints of God. It's one of the most important events we have throughout our calendar year because we want to see souls won, even while we're having a good time. And we want them to come the next day, which will be our Families and Friends Day, which will be on the 9th. We want to see souls added to the kingdom, our friends, our family, our loved ones. We have to have a good time, but we want to see souls added that weekend and those buried in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. So we pray that God will touch you, that you will give uh, uh, willingly for that event. Now it's offering time. If we all can stand in the presence of the Lord, I'm encouraging saints of God that if you give, I I know you probably had an expectation to give a specific amount. But I'm encouraging, I'm nudging you. Trust me. Listen, you can't be God's given. You just can't. You just can't do it. But there's someone that you don't know. When you give to the kingdom of God for this church to grow, for this church to see the house of God filled, we're doing that to bring expansion to the kingdom of God. And saints of God, I may have an expectation myself to, to prepare to be given, but after the spirit of God provoking me, that's why it's important to listen and follow the spirit of God. I'm praying, saints of God. That if it's in your heart, it's in your heart. There are so many things we want to accomplish. We are doing some great things already. We have our fellowship hall. We have things that we have paid It didn't come free. Just like your mortgage didn't come free. God bless you if it did if It was given to you. But you have a responsibility to take care and be a steward of God's, God's property. God's things that he has given for us. Just to ex- expand and exalt his name. And I'm encouraging everyone, whatever it is. There are ways of our giving. Of course, the front and electronically that are in are those who are serving at our kiosk station. Let's pray, saints of God, that God will give us a burden and a passion to give for the kingdom of God, that his name be exalted and expanded, that we can bless people who we never meet in other nations and other territories and missionaries. We want to be a blessing, saints of God. We want to be the ones that say, God, we are doing this not to see us shine, but we want your kingdom to be expanded. Let's pray and believe God by faith. Father... We give you thanks this day. We honor you. We thank you for another time that you have blessed us to be here. We pray that, God, we pray you touch the hearts of those who are planning on giving. I pray in the name of Jesus that something within them will cause them to reverse what they are planning on giving. And giving as what the Lord imprompts them, the Spirit of God will direct them to give. I pray that you will bless them and their family. And I pray in the name of Jesus that things that will happen this week for them will accomplish itself by the word of faith. Let their obedience reflect of what, God, you're going to do in their life. Because we believe that you are a supernatural God, a God that can heal, a God that can bring breakthrough, a God that can bring financial deliverance. We pray your will be done. Bless those who are coming and those who have not to give. I pray you touch them in their doing, and I pray your will be done in their life. We ask of you in Jesus' name. Let the church say out, amen. Let the church say out, amen, one more time. Follow our ushers they are at the, our forefront to lead you into the time of giving. And as our ministers will lead us in this portion. God bless you all.
1: are being worship with our musicians.
3: This is the way that they worship. Why don't we worship with our musicians? Come on.
1: this morning, but he's in the room, he's in the room, if you just lift up your hands, if you just believe on faith, miracle signs and wonders, miracle signs and wonders, come on, lift your voice, lift your worship, sing amen, amen.
4: the house of the Lord, and more importantly, in the presence of the Lord. There are places that you can go this morning that is considered a church, but they're not feeling this presence that we are feeling, the presence of Almighty God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. Amen. I'm not going to hold you any longer. But we have a man of God that's coming to you this morning. He is from a place in Louisiana. I believe I believe it's called Leesville. Hmm. I don't know where that is. And I've been down in Louisiana a few places. But that's all right. <laughs> this man is a well-traveled man. He has preached all over the world. He's a renowned apostolic preacher. He loves the Lord. He loves the plant churches, help churches grow. He loves people. Him and I kid all the time. We say we're people watchers, and we are. Uh, and I'm so glad that he's with us. He's my friend. He is the pastor of the Pentecostals of Gainesville, Florida. And we're so grateful that he is here this morning in Christ-centered church to minister to us, to preach God's word, and for God to use him to do something great. Open your heart this morning. I believe God has given him something. I believe God is getting ready to do more. Somebody say, "More." More. more and more. We had great stuff going on here. God did great things yesterday. But we heard a word and God wants to do more. But wait, there's more. Jimmy, Tony, come and minister to us in Jesus' name.
5: Can we clap our hands and give that to the Lord and worship Him and magnify Him? Come on, let's make some noise in this house. There's nobody like Jesus. The song says, I searched all over and I still couldn't find nobody. There's nobody like Jesus. I've been in the world and there's nobody like Jesus. I've met a lot of people, but there's nobody like Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Just remain standing. We're going to go to the Lord uh, read our text, and if you'll remain standing for the in honor of the word of the Lord, our custom is that. I want to say as you're turning though first Timothy chapter one, and then I'm going to also read out of um, the book of Revelation just to scare you a little bit. Amen. Amen. To Brother and sister Wyatt, hey, you don't just have a great pastor and first family. And I don't say this lightly. I'm I'm going to say some things that you know. I told him today, I don't ever give anything new. I just remind people what they already know. But I'm going to say something in the Holy Ghost today. God's got his hand on this family. They're anointed for this time and this season to do exploits for the kingdom of God and for this area. And so you're going to share him with this district. And I appreciate you doing that. But the anointing does not come without a price. You can't get anointing without getting crushed. And, and, and let me just say this. The enemy would love to destroy this family. And you say, well, I don't really bring any value to the church. Well, first of all, that's a lie. Second of all, the greatest thing you can ever do for a church is to pray for the pastor and his family in that church. And so I'm going to ask you to really go an extra effort you don't enter into a building like this. You don't start taking territory like this without the devil trying to unleash everything he can. Do you love your pastor and his family? Do you want to pray for your pastor and his family? Amen. We need brother and sister Wyatt for the kingdom of God. It's hard to believe this church is only eight years old. This is this is miracles. This is miraculous. This is territory that most eight-year-old churches, especially in areas like this, you own your own building. The people next door pay for it. I just did a major remodel, and we're having to pay for it. Y'all got this. People are paying for it. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I got a one-month-old grandbaby at home, my first grandbaby. So I am, I'm on cloud nine. I preached in SoCal last week, came straight from there to here. I was I, I originally was going to go from here to Alaska. I've got camp meeting there next week, but I decided I'm going to go home tonight, hug and kiss that baby tomorrow, and go to Alaska on Tuesday. And if I don't make it, that'll be fine too. I'll just stay home with that baby. First Timothy chapter one. I want to preach today. Now I hope you came ready to preach. Yesterday we did a bunch of official stuff, but I want to preach today. We we had the general superintendent here yesterday. We had to behave a little bit, but he's not here today. I want to preach today. <clears throat> Paul wrote First Timothy chapter one. He said, "I besought you, I begged you, I pleaded with you, abide, stay at Ephesus." And here's why I want you to stay there. That you can charge them that they teach no other doctrine. When you have the truth, why teach something else? Why change that? If it's not broke. And if it fixes the broke, keep it. Neither... Give heed to fables and endless genealogies. There's just some questions that. that did Adam have a belly button? Who cares? You know, well, I want to know what, what did Noah do with the woodpeckers? Who cares? You can get involved with people that all they're trying to do is to find loopholes to get you confused. Paul said, Don't give heed to that. Don't, don't, don't even pay attention to things. Listen to this, which minister questions. You get focused on things that's godly, that's edifying, that's building up the faith. Revelation chapter thirteen. Man, it feels good in here. I feel like I'm at home. I think it's awesome. You started church in a firehouse. And now we got the fire in the church house. <laughs> okay, Revelation 13 talking about the Antichrist. He had power, verse 15, to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause it as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Do not prejudge this message just yet. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this thought, the mark of the beast. If you'll help me preach, shout amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. I do think it is evident today that we are living in the end times. You don't even have to read your Bible anymore to see what's happening for end time. Just turn on the news things are happening at an unprecedented pace wars and rumors of wars earthquakes famines disasters nation against nation let's take that even deeper tribe against tribe clan against clan you know the media the media is trying their best To get us involved in another civil war. They are trying their best to make us believe. That white folks and black folks and brown folks and red folks can't cohabitate together. But when you get born again. There's just the family of God. Aren't you thankful for the family of God? In the end time, there'll be diseases and pestilences. Now, that, that word pestilence, another word that you might would understand better, would be pandemics. Turmoil in the Middle East. Unrest at home. There'll be talks of people doing certain things and having this, having that. You know, even during COVID, you couldn't go here if you didn't have that. Amazon is coming out with something called Amazon One, or I think it's already out. It's a fast, this is off their website. It's a fast, convenient way for people to use their palm to make everyday activities like paying at the store, entering a location like a stadium, or badging into work more effortless. It says the service is designed to be highly secure and uses custom-built algorithms and hardware to create a person's unique palm signature. Now, I'm not saying that's the mark of the beast. But I'm saying it sounds beasty. It smells a little beasty. It just got a little something to it that I don't like. You can't help but read the newspaper, listen to the news, log on to the Internet, and not admit that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled just about every single day. We are living in the end times. And let me remind you, Jesus is soon to return. And God forbid that we get so caught up with life and luxury that we forget there's still a great promise and a great hope called the rapture of the church. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, man, preacher's been saying that for as long as I can remember. And that is true. But the Bible teaches us that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, let me break this down for you right now. The Holy Ghost began to be poured out on the day of Pentecost. That's over 2,000 years ago. Making the day of Pentecost until now the last days. So if the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago was the beginning of the last days, how much further are we advanced on God's prophetic time clock that we are definitely in the last days? And I'm not here to scare you and I'm not here to intimidate you, but I do want to remind you that Jesus is coming back. And we must be born again if we want to be ready to make the rapture of the church. That's why I wouldn't let anybody stop me from getting everything that I need from God today. If you're here and you don't have the Holy Ghost, I just make up my mind. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost today. If you're here and you've never been baptized, I'd make up my mind that somebody's going to baptize me today. If you're backslid and not where you need to be with God, I'd make up my mind. It's too close to the end. I'm going to go ahead and get my life right with God. I refuse to be this close. There's a coming of the Lord. A great getting up morning. And the book of Revelation declares that that there's coming an Antichrist. Everybody say an Antichrist. A man that will dominate, dictate, and deceive and almost destroy the whole world. If you have Republican blood flowing in your veins, then without a doubt the Antichrist is going to be a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, then it's evident that the Antichrist will be a Republican. That's how we think. But regardless of who the man will be, we know that he will speak with eloquence and with power. So that excludes me. I'm out. He will speak with authority and with demonstration. He will take a world that's in chaos and bring peace like never before. uh, It'll be like a, a hurricane. You know, it's really rough and then the eye of the storm passes over and then it gets really rough again. That's how it's going to be with the Antichrist. He'll take a chaotic world, bring peace. But when they say peace, peace, just be understand sudden destruction. There's another side of that storm that will come with it. But this man, this Antichrist will be prominent, powerful. Popular, prestigious, and it will get to the point, according to your Bible, where people will be forced to take a mark, a name, or a number representing this beast. Now, the name of the beast, we don't know, or else we would know who the beast was. The mark of the beast, eh, we're not real sure about. We're familiar, though, with the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, the Bible says, 603 score and six. We're all familiar with those three numbers. Six, six, six. Even people who aren't in church knows that there's something weird About those Hollywood knows that there's something about those numbers. Now, I don't know how you grew up, but my mom was kind of a superstitious lady. Uh, I say kind of If a black cat pulled out in front of us. We turned around, went another way. She'd be putting X's on the windows. And, you know, you couldn't spin a broom in the house because she said you're calling up the devil if you do that. So I just mess with her sometimes and be like pulling up all sorts of devils. But if I was in a store with my mom, maybe a convenience store, and we bought something, and it came up $6.66, rest assured, Jimmy's about to get another candy bar. Because mama is not about to take the mark of the beast. She not even playing, she wasn't a spiritual woman, but she wasn't playing with that, so she would make sure. If you've been around church, she you knows there's some preachers that make a living out of trying to figure out the mark of the beast. We have tried our best to massage and manipulate that number to figure out who the Antichrist is. Don't dare let a politician have six letters in his first name and six letters in his middle name and six letters in his last. Don't dare. We will tag him. We have spent countless wasted hours trying to determine how so-and-so could fulfill that number. And we come up with very spiritual yet stupid equations like... If you take the letters in someone's name and multiply that by how many kids he has and then divide that by his wife's mother's cousin's aunt who had six dogs and six cats and fed them six times a day and then carry the one and add a past participle to the left decimal of the hypothesis while at the same time deducing the fact that vowels have more value than consonants and hanging chads are still being talked about in Florida and understand Trump is no longer the president. So the last trump must have sounded. Then without doubt, hesitation or frustration or manipulation. I can tell you, I don't have a clue. But before we look too far in the future, let's look in the past. Because I believe the devil has always had a mark. And if he can apply the mark that I want to preach to you about today, then he'll have no problem applying the mark that John the Revelator wrote about in our text. The mark of the beast I'm preaching about today is not a number. It has nothing to do with the end of the world, your forehead, or your right hand. But the mark that I'm preaching about is what Paul warned Timothy against in our text. He said, do away with those things which minister questions. Somebody shout questions. You see, if the devil can ever tag you with a question mark, then he can defeat you. If He can ever get you to question your relationship with God, then He will defeat you. If He can ever get you to question this truth, then He will defeat you. If He can ever get you to question whether or not you're really forgiven, then He will defeat you. If He can begin to make you question whether or not you belong in the church, then He will defeat you. Did God really save me? Did God really deliver me? Did God really say that I was going to be healed? If He can ever apply that question mark of doubt, to your life, then the mark that will appear in the tribulation will be no problem. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8 says, but the fearful and the unbelieving fearful, unbelieving abominable, murderers whoremongers, sorcerers idolaters, liars going to have their place in the lake of fire. Notice the second group of people invited on hell's invitation list are the unbelieving. Are the ones who don't believe are the ones who's full of doubt. I pray to God when this service is over, when I pray to God, when the lights are turned off, when the dust has settled on this weekend, that you'll walk out of here with greater faith, with higher hopes and with a more determined vision. I pray you walk out of here with a fresh determination to face whatever it is that you have to face. Because the devil will try his best to push you down. But somebody's got to understand, if God be for me, who in the world can be against me? Somebody shout questions. See, Webster defines the word question as doubt or dispute. Subject to analysis. Analysis. To be suspicious of, to wonder about, to be cautious of. Have you ever just met somebody and they kind of, he was like, hmm, I wonder what's up with that? <laughs> we live in a world full of questions. I gotta be careful to say this so you don't misunderstand. Me. You can log onto your computer and go to www.ask.com, ask.com. And you can just submit questions. And, and it will generate you some type of answer. America has really taken a turn that has caused a bunch of people to ask questions. Our politics are corrupt. They make us ask questions. It's like there's one rule for us and one rule for everybody else. Questions. You've got global warming and climate change. These crazy weather-related incidents has caused a lot of people to ask questions. My good, my good friends at that crew in Hollywood, they cause call, us to ask a lot of questions. And all of these things, even like stuff, stuff we've come through with COVID has caused us to ask a lot of questions. We live in a world full of questions. And so I'm going to confirm some things for you today. You can question politics. You can question Hollywood. You can question the weather, you can question politics, you can question COVID, you can question all of that other stuff going on in our world. But when it comes to the Word of God and when it comes to the power of God and when it comes to the moving of the Spirit of God, we don't have time to... I told you not to prejudge this. I want to reassure and reaffirm somebody today. This is not a time to doubt. This is not a time to question. This is not a time to give up. This is not a time to scratch our head and unbelief that devil is a lie. God can still save. God can still heal. God can still deliver. And our best days are not behind us, no. Our best days are still in front of us. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Don't you question who you are. Don't you question your calling. Don't you question your anointing. Don't you question what God wants to do in your your life. Walk out of here with a fresh dose of faith, with determination and understanding that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Clap your hands and shout yes. You want to dig into this a little bit? The best way that a person could describe God is to say that he speaks with power. His expression is exclamatory. It's as if God speaks a promise and then adds an exclamation point behind it just to make it stand out. I said that. During the creation of the world, God spoke with power. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, verse 5, verse 6, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, 22, 24, 26, 29. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, verse 18, it says that God said, or God called, or God commanded. Fifteen emphatic expressions that this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. God never asked a question in creation. He never asked if He could do anything. He's just God. He does it. God is a statement-making God. Statement after statement after statement, promise after promise after promise, until you come to Genesis chapter number 3, verse 1. And it's the first time you meet the devil. And coincidentally, it's the first time you meet his mark. And you find a punctuation mark that has up to this time never been used in Scripture. It is a question. And the devil parades his way right in the middle of the paradise and the promises of God. And he begins to apply his mark. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And there it is. There it is. There's the mark of the beast. The devil question what God already stated as an absolute. Now, we're in a church plant. We're in a new church. So I want you to understand there is nothing wrong with questions that brings you to the truth. There's nothing wrong with questions. Why do you shout like that? Why do you pray like that? Why do you speak in tongues? Why do you get that? There's nothing wrong with questions like that. I'm talking about, but once God reveals it to you, then the devil comes back and begins to make you question that. I'm not talking about the questions that bring you to the truth. I'm talking about the ones that produce confusion, doubt, unbelief. And so Eve takes the fruit and eats Not because she's hungry, but because she's confused. She's got the mark of the beast. She's been tagged. The mark of the beast has now been exposed in the garden of God. And she now doesn't know who to believe because she's entertained questions. She used to never doubt God. Now she's doubting. Eve was keeping... Oh, I'm going to act like I'm at home right now, okay? Eve was keeping company with the wrong people. I'm just going to say this in passing, but it does matter who you hang out with. It does matter who you listen to. It does matter who you allow to get into your circle. It does matter who you follow on social media. It does matter what all the mess you allow to get... Don't you think for one minute that you can hang out with idiots and negative people and people who talk about everybody and everything in the church and it not affect you? You ought to make up your mind. You want to be around people that love the church, that loves the pastor, that loves his family, that loves what God is doing. I ain't got time to have a conversation with a serpent. I don't have time to talk to a snake. I don't have time to get all confused by the snakes of this world that's trying to get me to doubt what God has already promised. If you're here visiting, come back next week. Pastor, be preaching. It's going to get better. I know why I could have got anybody to come, but here's what preachers do. Here's what pastors do. Let me let you in on a little of our secrets. That's what pastors do. Pastors always bring in somebody that don't preach near as good as them. So the church will be like, well, I'm glad the pastor's back. So I know what you're doing. I'm on to you. It's the first time a question mark used in Scripture. Listen, to it's the first time. It has nothing to do with God and everything to do with the devil. And that's how the devil separated Adam and Eve from God. And that's exactly the same way he tries to separate us from God. And my brain is different. I told you that yesterday. But it didn't take a long conversation for the devil to mess with Eve's mind. So this is how I think. I, I read stuff. I was telling your pastor, I read stuff. I, I see what it says. I see what it doesn't say. I kind of read between the lines. And so I was like, well, let me let me look at this. So I counted. The devil spoke 14 words to Eve. Eve responded with 44 words. <laughs> and so then the devil was like, oh, I got her. If you're talking more to the devil than he's talking to you. Then the devil said, Oh, well, I'm, let me just go in. And he finished the conversation with 32 words. All it took for her mind to become manipulated was a 90-word conversation. I timed that in my room this morning to see how long it would take me to have a 90-word conversation. And I talk slow, I'm country. It took me 24.3 seconds to have that conversation. And if the devil can spread so much doubt and unbelief in less than a minute, how much more should faith leap out of our soul when we hear our pastor say, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn to faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. If the devil can spread so much doubt I wonder how much faith we can spread this morning. I don't know about you but I don't have time to converse with the devil. I don't have time to have a casual conversation with the devil. I'm not trying to work out any deals or compromise with the enemy. I want the word of God all the word nothing but the word so help me God. That's why you ought to be thankful you've got a pastor that will preach the truth to you. You ought to be thankful that You've got a pastor that will stand up and say, thus saith the word of the Lord, without fear, without favor. So I want you to catch this. Confu- so Eve is confused. Eve is confused. Because confusion, and so then she does things she's not supposed to do. Because confusion equals Compromise and compromise always produces more confusion and more confusion just constantly produces more compromise and then we get in this vicious cycle and that's why we are that's why that's why America's in the shape that it's in right now because nobody ever tried to fix the confusion from 20 years ago And so we just compromise to make room for it, and now look where we are today. Because confusion equals compromise equals more confusion. And you had 15, Bishop White, you had 15 emphatic expressions of hope, of promise, and they're done away with with one question. And so God shows up. God shows up and he comes down to check the situation out. And he sees that his people are no longer, are, are no longer in his image. He, they, they've been introduced to a word they did not know, nakedness. They had not known they were naked. They were naked and they did not know they were naked. I, I, think, that, I think that spirit's coming back because I've seen a lot of naked people. I'm like, they cannot know that they're, not, they're, that they're naked right now. I mean, if they really knew that that's what they look like, they wouldn't be like that right now. It's like, whoa, Adam and Eve has all showed up here again. Okay, I'm not at home, so let me... No, no, uh-uh, don't My wife would be like, baby, get back to your notes. And so God comes down and He sees the situation as not like it was when He left it. And God had to do something He's never done before. God had to ask a question. Adam! Where are you? It had to hurt God's heart to utter that question. It had to grieve Him in His spirit to mumble those words. God had never asked a question before. He never had to. Adam and Eve always believed Him. They had never doubted Him. You see, unbelief, doubt, and questions separate us from God and puts God in a role He never wanted us to, or never wanted to be in. Unbelief ties the hands of God. Let me, let me take it a step further. Doubt makes God ask questions. Oh, you own Bible. I'll give you a Bible. That's fine. In Mark chapter 8, verse 11, and the Pharisees came forth. The Pharisees came forth and began to what? Question. Seeking of sign. And look at this. Verse 12. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why did this generation seek after a sign? Notice, it wasn't the sinners, it wasn't the prostitutes, it wasn't the publicans that questioned him. It was the Pharisees. It was the religious folk. It was the church-going people. I've been pastoring for 25 years, and I can tell you one thing I've noticed in 25 years, and much of that starting a church, that it's never the new people. They're just thankful to be saved. But it's always the religious ones that's questioning why we gotta have another prayer meeting, why we gotta have another revival, why we gotta have another offering, why do we gotta have another building, why? You know I'm preaching right. Sit there and act like I'm not. You know I'm preaching good right now. See, I couldn't do this in front of the bishop yesterday because he wanted me to preach the general conference and I don't have time for that. They came questioning him, questioning his authority, questioning who he said he really was. And all those questions of doubt and unbelief caused the Lord to sigh in his spirit. Put up verse 13 and listen at this. And he left them. He walked in and saw the mark of the beast and said, this is no place for me to be. These people's got more doubt. I ain't got time to deal with that. And he left them. There's one sure way to give God a one-way ticket out of here. And that's to entertain the mark of the beast. And if that's what repels him, guess what attracts him? He's attracted to when we walk in and go, today is going to be my day. This is the day the Lord has made. Today's going to be my day. This is my breakthrough. He's attracted to faith. He's a. it's time to get rid of every question mark of unbelief and doubt and start proclaiming with me. And it might be impossible, but with God, all things are you can quit that addiction. You can break that generational curse. You can do something great for the my church will grow. We will do be strong and do exploits. When we begin to question God, God begins to question us. You saw it in Genesis. I just read it to you, Mark hey, Let Eve entertained a question. The very next phrase out of the mouth of God is a question. God says, hey Sarah, you and your husband are going to have a baby. She's an old woman. And she... Through her unbelief she questions God. And the very next phrase out of the mouth of God is, Is there anything? God had to respond to her question with a question. The disciples are being tossed to and fro on a boat. Jesus is asleep. One of them finally gets the nerves, you know, because I can see this going. Hey, you go ask Jesus. No, you go wake up, Jesus. No, you wake up. I'm not waking up the bishop. You wake up the bishop. I'm not waking up. No, you go wake him up. And so finally one of them got there and said, hey, Jesus. Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Jesus didn't say yes. Jesus didn't say no. Jesus just said, where is your faith? In Mark eleven twenty eight, 28, they asked the question, by what authority? In verse 29, Jesus said, well, let me ask you a question. You see, when we question God, God questions us. I love that song we sung. We're talking about Jesus. Talking about that one name, Jesus. How many knows his name? Uh, yeah, but, but, but sometimes we don't come to church proclaiming that name. Sometimes we come to church and we think his name is Willie. Because we show up and we say things like, will he move? Will he heal me? Will he save me? His name ain't Willie. His name is Jesus. And he said, I will. I will. Somebody needs to walk out of here today and understanding that your question mark. It's got to go. Our God is a God that will. Our God is a God that will do exceeding abundantly. Somebody shout more you got to believe God's got more and more and more and more in store for this church. <arrogante> you see, we, we church folks are real hard on sinners. But we tell them, you've got to change, you got to stop this, you've got to quit doing that. You go, and the reality is, yeah, we need to do that. The number one killer of revival is not people committing adultery. The number one killer of God's momentum being being, uh, uh, stopped or repelled in a church service has nothing to do with sin taking place. That's flesh. God expects that. We're just flesh. What kills revival is unbelief. In the Old Testament, twelve spies came to came back from spying out the land, and, and ten of them said, "Hey, I don't, I don't care what the Lord said. I don't think we can do that." And two of them was like, "We got this. <laughs> Let's do this." I bet you you couldn't name the ten if you had to right now. They're in your Bible, but you don't know the name of the ten because nobody wants to remember the folks who says they can't. But everybody in here could shout Joshua and Caleb. We know Joshua and Caleb because they were like, we got this. The, but here's the thing. The Bible refers to the report of the 10 not as a negative report, not as a reasonable report, not as a realistic report. This is what it says. He says that is an evil report. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. If unbelief kept them out of their promised land, then unbelief will keep us out of our promised land. Now listen to me. It's evil. It's evil. I'm just going to act like I'm at home, okay? You know different. If you, if, if you've got unbelief controlling your life, it's no different than somebody that's drinking, somebody that's committing adultery. That it's no different than you coming to church with unbelief because both are evil and both are wrong and both God condemns. So I've got, I've, I've just come with a message this morning. Let's get rid of the questions and let's embrace the word of God. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to believe God for revival in this church. I'm ready to believe God for revival in my family. I want somebody to walk out today, believe in God again. He is going to save your family. Your children are going to get back in here. Drugs isn't going to have the last say. Alcoholism isn't going to have the last say. Pornography isn't going to have the last say. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Can we go a little deeper? If you want to go home, we can go home, but I got a little more to say if you want it. Okay. The mark of the beast. Now, it's, it's wild for me to think this, much less speak it, but here we go. The same God that can do anything without anybody's permission, speak worlds into existence, form, created, pulls up, casts down, spits, and turns it into eyes. It's amazing how a spitball out of God from God can become an eyeball to man. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. But here's what amazes me. Regardless of how powerful he is, if I don't want him to move, he won't. If I entertain questions, he will leave and go somewhere else. Let's look at this. Mark chapter 6. Now I need a little class participation here, okay? Every time you see a mark of the beast, I want us to start counting them. We're going to start with one. And we're going to go to two. And we're going to go in that order. Fair enough. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He went from thence, came into his own country, his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath day was coming, he began teaching in the synagogue. And from hearing, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this carpenter, son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Jude, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? Now check this next phrase out. And they were offended at him. You always get offended when all you do is ask questions. About his authority. About his power. About his identity. Now look at verse 5. He could dare to do no mighty work. Oh, this is good. Save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. I wonder what he was teaching. (laughs) Teaching on faith. Teaching on trust. And in just two short verses, there are four question marks. And then there was offense. And instead of doing what he wanted to do, He only did a fraction because of the mark of the beast. The Bible says he could do no great work except except that he healed a few sick folk. Now, if a few sick folk got healed today, we would blast that as powerful moves of God. But God said, that's just what I can do when unbelief's in the room. You've yet to see what I can do when faith is in the room. I don't ever want to leave church saying he only did a little bit or he only did a fraction or he only did this. I I want to leave saying everybody that needed it got it. Everybody that needed to be touched was touched. Everybody that needed to be healed was healed. He changed everybody. He encouraged everybody. Whatever you came struggling with, if you can muster up some faith, I got a feeling God can touch you. I've got a feeling if you could get some faith today, he could heal your body. If you could come to him with faith, he could deliver you from addiction. If you could Come to him with faith, he could fill you with his spirit. I need a couple of folks, a couple of men. Come, come up here and help me preach. You mind? Come help me preach. Okay, just two of you. That's fine. Come on. Come, come on up here. All right. Which one of you is more spiritual than the other? Let me work in my discernment. Neither of you. Send it out. Come stand over here. You you stand on this side. Hold that up for him. Hold that up for him. It really boils down to this God speaks with exclamation, the devil speaks with questions. God says, I'm going to save your family. The devil says, are you sure that's what he said? God says, I'm going to make a way where there is no way. And then tomorrow, everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And the devil says, are you sure? You, I think that was just a bunch of emotional mess. God says, I'm going to bless you financially. Even when the world is taking a turn, I'm going to bless my people. And you proclaim that, you shout about it, you walk out church, believing that, and you get fired next week. And the devil says, well, it looks like God lied to you. Are you ready? It's God's job to give you the promise. It's the devil's job to question it. It's your job to believe one or the other. Don't get mad at the devil for doing his job. You just make up your mind. Whose report? Whose report? We shall believe. I want you to look at this. Look, look at these two marks because they look totally opposite. You know, one of them stands tall and proud and kind of sticks his chest out a little bit. But yet the next one is bent, twisted, crooked, warped. Here's my message. A question mark. Is nothing more than an exclamation point that's been out of shape. A question mark is nothing more than an exclamation point that's lost its backbone. Because when God gives you a promise, you hang on to it. But the longer you go and you don't see that promise come to fruition, the devil gets a hold of it and he begins to pull on it and he begins to pull and twist. And before you know it, what you used to shout about, you now doubt about. God says, I'm going to save your family. God promised you revival. It's been a long time. More people's left than what's come. And I know good and well that there's some of you here and your vision is bent and your dreams are curved and your dreams are warped. But I have good news for you today. God can straighten out your promise. He can straighten out everything that the devil's made crooked in your life. You need to walk back out standing straight. You need to walk out believing that if God is for us, there's not a devil that can come against us. All right look at this verse, Isaiah chapter 40. <laughs> this is why Christ came. So every valley shall be exalted. every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked and the crooked shall be made straight. That's why Christ came and the crooked. Shall be made straight. You may have walked in here this morning with doubt and unbelief. But Christ said, I showed up. I'm going to straight. I don't know what kind of mama you have. But I had a mama that would look at me and say, boy, you better straighten up. And I knew right then, whatever I'm doing, I better stop doing or She's about to whip the devil out of me. I feel like God's looking at his church right now saying, straighten up. Believe me again. Trust me again. Let me Let me use you again. Let's all stand. Where God puts an exclamation point. Let no one put a question mark.
1: It's
5: not time to question this. The mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. See, if you don't get rid of this mark... That 666 ain't going to be a problem. So, Luke records this little story in Luke chapter 13. He talks about this woman that was bound by the devil. She used to stand straight, she used to have no problems, but something happened. She got a spirit of infirmity that got a hold of her, and it caused her to bend or stoop. Listen at this. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. He was teaching in the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit for 18 years. She was bowed together. Listen. And could in no wise lift up herself. For 18 years, she came to church looking like this. For 18 years, just bent over. Couldn't pick herself up. But on this particular Sunday, Jesus showed up. If you don't get everything you need today, I beg you, come back next week. You let people come to church here that's bent, okay? You let people come to church here that's crooked. You let people come to church here that don't have it all figured out just yet. You let them come because you never know when Jesus is going to walk by their pew and say, today's the day, today's the day, today. Hey, hey, let them come, let them come, let them come. It doesn't mean we don't that we're watering down anything or that we're acceptance of sin. No, just let them come, let them come. For 18 years, she came to church. The Bible says, and Jesus saw her, verse 12. He called her, woman, thou art loosed. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately, verse 13 says, and immediately she was made straight. And glorified God. So why do y'all shout like you shout? Why do you get excited like you get excited? Because you didn't know us when we looked like this. You didn't know us when we had more problems than we had promise. You didn't know us when we had more dysfunction than we had deliverance. You didn't know us when we had more pain than we had presence. But we came to church and God touched us and straightened out something. We can't help but glorify God. We can't help but praise God. Be seated, man and God. Brother Wyatt? She had the mark of the beast, but she left straight, touched, healed. How long was she sick? The Bible says eighteen years. Let's see, six plus six. Plus six, she had the mark of the beast. She had six, 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 and it bent her over for 18 years. But one moment in the presence of Jesus, he reversed 18 years of spirit, he reversed 18. 18- He reversed 18 years of curse. Let me tell you, we're about to open these altars and God can reverse a lifetime of sin. He can reverse a lifetime of pain. He can reverse a lifetime of problem. He is able. He is able. He is able. Don't you walk out of here with doubt. Don't you walk out of here with unbelief. You walk out of here believing my God can do it. My God is going to do it. I'm getting my promise back. I'm getting my faith back. Has God spoken a promise to anybody over the last several years? And you'd be honest with me and and tell me that it ain't came to pass just yet. And the devil has tried his best to make it look like this. I'm coming to print, that's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. But you're gonna walk out of here today like this. You've been bent over long enough. You've been weighted down long enough. You've been twisted and crooked long. Save yourself from this untoward generation. The word untoward means crooked, twisted, and perverted. We're living in the spirit of the Antichrist. We're living in a spirit of questions. But God says, I want you to believe me. If you can believe me, all things are possible. So this morning, it's time to get rid of every bit of doubt. No more doubt. No more unbelief. My God can. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. If you need a healing, I want you to come. If you came in here doubting a promise that God gave you five years ago, I want you to walk back to this front and I want you to believe that our God is able. He is able. He is more than able. If you got backslidden children, I want you to come get a fresh dose of faith. This ain't a time for doubt. This ain't a time for unbelief. This is a time to believe God. Get rid of the mark of the beast. Get rid of the mark of the beast. Lord, I believe. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I believe, Lord. Help thou my unbelief.
4: If you're here today, if you're in this house this moment, you've heard the word. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you've never had all your sins washed away, you can do so right now. We have towels. We have robes. We have the baptismal tank right over here. Just come forward. It will not take a long time, but you can leave out of here today with the promises of God. You can leave out of here today straight and no longer humped over and crooked. If you're here today, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. You've never given your life to Christ through baptism, repentance of sins. And I'm not talking about when you were young or when you got baptized in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the true baptism, the one baptism, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here today that want to give their life to God through baptism, repentance and baptism. Is there anyone here today? Oh, don't let this moment, don't let this opportunity miss you. Later is not promised to us. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Will you claim the promises of God today? Oh, hallelujah. You can come forward today if you've never been baptized. You can come forward today and say, God, I heard your word. I'm going to be baptized today. I'm going to give my life to you today. I'm going to repent of my sins. For I want all my sins to be washed away. Is there anyone here today? Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, don't let the enemy keep them in the space, Lord God, of questioning your truth. Don't let the enemy keep them in the space of questioning your truth, Lord. I pray that they will be straightened today. That they will believe the word of God. That they will claim the promises of God. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anyone? Is there one or two? Today is your day. You have heard the word. Will you respond in faith and do what God wants you to do? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands with me. Lift your hands with me. Father, you're still speaking. You're still moving on the hearts of your people. Lord, let not anything prevent them from coming forward and surrendering their life completely to you. Let nothing prevent them, Lord God, from the promises of God. Let them hear what the word has already said. And respond in obedience, in faith. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your salvation, for your name. Oh, Lord Jesus, giving us a promise of eternal life. Jesus, we love you. Jesus we're so grateful we're so thankful Lord I pray for the families of everyone that is here today that Lord you will begin a work in their families that you will begin to move mightily and miraculously in their families that families will begin to come into the house of the Lord that families will begin to repent of their sins be baptized in your name and families will begin to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with tongues. Oh God that lives will begin to be changed in our families that you will bring back together our families that have been broken fractured Lord God. Oh Lord make the family whole again like only you can Lord Jesus. Oh God we believe your word. We believe your word. We believe your word. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. Oh, we bless your name, oh great God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank him today. Are you grateful God spoke to your heart? Are you thankful God directed you and gave you instruction and encouraged you and blessed you today? We thank God for what he has done and for sending us a man of God. God is, God certainly used him to minister to us today. We thank God for Pastor Jimmy Tony and his ministry. Let's thank God for Pastor Jimmy Tony and his ministry. Came all the way from Gainesville, Florida to minister to us, and we're thankful. I want you to continue to keep him in your prayers. I know he has left an indelible impression in your heart. And so you will be reminded to always pray for him. To pray for his church down in Gainesville, Florida for I believe that God is using them in this hour like never before we thank you for him if you still feel the nudge or the urge to come and surrender and get baptized before we turn off these lights we want you to come right here, robes are in the back you don't have to leave here wet you can leave here dry but with all your sins washed away your hair don't have to get wet. Nothing has to be wet leaving, but all your sins will leave you. You can come and see it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all of the family of God that have come together today. Continue to bless them. That what they heard here today will carry them, Lord. That they will continue to re- be reminded by the word of God that they've heard here today. Help them to apply it in every aspect of their life, almighty oh God. I pray that you will bless them and keep them. Thank you for the musicians and the praise singers and all that serve in the house of God today. Thank you, Lord, for them. Bless them, Lord. God, I pray that you will continue to encourage them and provide for them. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for all you're doing, Lord Jesus. And God, we will continue. To do your will in this vineyard. We will continue to walk according to faith and not by sight. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, O great King. And for all these things we ask in Jesus' name. God bless you. God be with you. Enjoy the rest of your day.